0: Welcome, everybody, to Foundation Radio. My name is Adam Barnard. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, my guest is on the other side of the microphone today. Instead of interviewing me, I'm going to be talking to him for a little bit today. The host of the incredible YouTube show, Tom Talks Rubbish. It's the host, Tom. How are you, sir? Thank you so much. Joining me all the way from the other side of the pond. How are you, sir?
1: Thank you for having me, my friend. Like, this. Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely, man. I'm really looking forward to having you on. It was a great conversation that we have. And right now, actually, today, uh, as this is airing, um we will be uh, you can actually hear the interview uh, that tom did with me on uh, october 13th uh, which is at the end of this week so this is sort of like a little teaser preview in the beginning yeah. of this so um i really appreciate you joining me on the show uh, i really appreciate you even reaching out to me um sometimes like i said on the show i don't always necessarily know that like people are always listening to what i'm doing so it's nice to know that like i'm making a difference out there but i wanted to talk to you as far as and ask you um when did your love of wrestling start because you're i know you're a big wrestling fan so when when did that love when did that spark happen for you uh
1: 2009 around that time it was the batista you're supposed to be my friend promo i don't know if you remember that
0: i do i do remember that
1: so i was i loved straight edge society punk didn't get why he was a heel. it's like i was a kid at the time so i was thinking He's telling people not to do drugs. How is that a bad thing? Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yes, exactly. How is that terrible? Right. Yeah.
1: How is that terrible? And then I was watching SmackDown exclusively at this point just because my parents are separated and I'd go to my dad's at the weekend. And obviously, SmackDown Air on Friday, Saturdays really early in the UK. Mm. So I would watch that with my dad and. I remember my sister, we spoke about this today, actually. She, uh, we got her into it, and it became like a family affair, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And so I remember you, Dad said, look, we've got one free pro, uh, pay-per-view for the, for the year. With a, Looking back now, you'd think you would have gone with WrestleMania or the Rumble or something, but we were like, no, nope, we want to watch bragging rights because Batista's fighting Rey Mysterio, The Undertaker, and CM Punk, and John Cena and Randy Orton were having their brutal uh, no holds barred Iron Man match. I don't know if you remember.
0: That. I do remember. I remember. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah.
1: So yeah, at that time I was watching wrestling quite exclusively. So that's how I first discovered wrestling. Yeah.
0: I remember I remember that time pretty well. Um one of my favorite, one of my highlight matches from that time. I actually was when I'm from Philadelphia and uh, I got tickets to go to see I think it initially was supposed to be the Great American Bash, which is what my ticket actually says. But it ended up being Night of Champions. And I sat oh, like yeah. I sat like, I don't know, it was like four rows from the front. If you go back and you go to like Peacock and you look for that pay-per-view, you can actually see me at the at the event. Um, but I saw CM Punk wrestle Jeff Hardy for the big gold belt. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, the guy; these two guys at the peak, that the prime of their career, it can't get any better than this. Right. So, um, no, I think we all have our origin stories there and we know exactly what we're looking for and, and and what connects us to the product. Um, tell me now, I know you're, you're starting to get into the interview realm here a little bit, which is how we connected. Um, tell me when you, uh, kind of realized um, that you had that bug right that you were like I want to talk to people I want to get their stories on 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 my show
1: it's the pan it was the pandemic uh so I started interviewing obviously I couldn't I have carrots because I have cerebral palsy and we couldn't go out anywhere we couldn't do a lot because obviously they could come around, but obviously you still had to distance and what have you and I was like I'm bored and then I just came up with this idea where it's like... The pandemic must have affected carers and people in the care industry and people in different industries in different ways. Why don't we talk about it? So that's how the interviewing started.
0: Now, I guess I, that's a good segue right there as far as the pandemic, because I know how it went here in the States. Um, what was it like for you guys over there in the UK? Like, what, what was that like initial part of the, the lockdowns like? I'm always I always ask anybody that comes on in and bring it up because I'm always I'm always curious because mm. it, it, it spikes my interest. What was it like for you guys?
1: Well you I don't know how it works in the u k but like we had i think uh sorry the u s but I think we had like three different um three different uh lockdowns in the end, or like stay at home orders. because mm-hmm. one minute it was you're only gonna be locked in for two weeks, yeah. the next minute it was. You're only going to be locked in for another two weeks. So on and so on and so on. And then the final one was you're going to be locked in for the entirety of Christmas. <laughs> wow. Yeah,
0: it yeah. was It was very much it, like we had We had one long, like, uh, I guess you could call it a stay at home order kind of thing. It was like, I think yeah. it was March 11th or March 12th. And, um, you know, if you were a, an assembly called you essential employees, you had to go to work and you had to take like special paperwork with you. So it was like we had that
1: in the UK as well. Yeah, it was like carers like, had paperwork if they got pulled over. They'd be like, uh, I'm supposed to be out. Like, please don't shoot me. I was going to say, I promise
0: I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm literally following the rules. I have it right here. I had my dashboard. <laughs> yeah. I had uh, multiple copies from my, my at my shoot job. We had uh, I had one of my dashboard. I had one in my briefcase. And then I had one in my wallet just in case I lost my briefcase. So it was like, you know, we had everything we needed. And uh, mm. boy, it was it was a difficult time. But that's very similar to what I, I did as well. Uh, with my yeah. show is it, it was just a, a way to pass the time so um and
1: then yeah, go the getting into the wrestling media side or the interviewing wrestling media side happened because i put up this in this bucket list video being like if the world worked out these are 10 people i'd like to interview and uh adam pacitti was on that list from cultaholic and it was like He then sent me a DM. I do not know how he saw it, but like the video, do you know what I mean? I don't know how we saw it and things like that. He sent me a DM that night because at that time I wasn't very good with virtual interviews using Zoom or the program we're using. I was like, "Uh, okay. He was like, but I'll record it for you and I will uh, edit it for you. And I was like, okay. (laughs) At this point, I'm freaking out inside (laughs) because, in my opinion, Adam Pacitti is the one of the goats when it comes to wrestling content creation.
0: I would agree with that. Yeah, I would agree yeah, with that completely.
1: Sure. So in hindsight, I don't know if you've watched that interview side note, please don't. If you haven't, cause I don't like that one. <laughs> uh, this is supposed to be gave... for you to
0: hype your stuff up, Tom. don't tell people not to watch. I'm going to watch no, no, it now. No, 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 no. I'm going to watch I'm it. I'm going to hype
1: up some, I'm going to hype up some, <laughs> some in a minute. I'm really proud please of. do, please but do. Because, uh, he gave me two dates at that time, which was, I believe the Monday he sent me the message. He said, I can do it in like an hour, hour and a half. Or he said, I can do, I believe the Wednesday hindsight being 2020, my friend, I should have said, can we do the Wednesday so that I can, you know, so that, um, like, so that I could have researched. But at that time with the pandemic still being, I don't know if it was strong or still in the back of our minds, I had this thought in my head of what if I get sick? What if he gets sick? And it, doesn't happen and I wasn't very good at scheduling my stuff at that point like now you know we scheduled our interview quite in advance yes like and now I'm pretty good at that I'm pretty good at that absolutely yeah time it was like at the time it was like I don't know what I'm doing like I I had no format I had no uh, if you watch that interview I was talking over him I was do you know what I mean like I was you don't go back and watch that one like
0: I'm, well, listen, I'm going to go. I, I, I enjoy your content. and I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of the episodes you have because a lot of my friends are in it as well. A lot of people that I do that yeah. I do work with here. How did the um, how did the Tom Talks Rubbish uh, format come to, to, to be like Was it after that interview? Was it the lessons that you learned from that first experience? Tell me more about how that process began.
1: So it's a little column A, little column B. I after the Adam interview, I sort of gained a reputation in the wrestling media of like, yeah, his interviews fun. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot with the cultaholic boys. I did one with Steven Larson, Brian Zane, people like that. And I still didn't have a format. It isn't, it wasn't till around 2022. I believe I'm trying to remember the interview that I was like, I've got a format. I don't remember if I'm being totally, that's honest fine. Faith. Yeah. Like, I don't remember the interview that I was like, this is the format now. Do you know what I mean? But eventually I got a format of like, I love finding out. Cause I think we forget. I'll use Sean Ross Sapp as an example. Uh, he started as a fan. He didn't just appear with 200,000 followers. And do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what my love is what makes someone's fandom tick? How do they balance their fandom with content creation and things like that? So that's how the format came to be.
0: Yeah. And it seems, it seems like a lot of us, we, we, we find the pieces that work. And we, f- and we discard the ones that don't, you know, there was a time where, um, which I, I am going to ask you these questions cause I still have them in the chamber from way back when, if you listen to some of my earlier episodes at all the yeah. wrestling folks that came on, I would ask them a series of like shoot questions, you know, like favorites, least yeah, favorites, this, no, that, and the other. And, um,
1: that's how generic questions came to be. You know, I have a segment called generic questions. Ex- it yes. Came- it came to be – and I'm talking over you. I do apologize, my friend. Listen,
0: this is this is collaborative. This is what we do in Philly too, so you're totally fine. You're good, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when it comes to generic questions, that came about because my – I was asking like, the Cotaholic crew their generic questions, like their favorite match, their favorite – and I would get comments of your interviews are great, but some of the questions are very generic. So instead of being like, oh, I'm not going to ask them anymore, I just created the format and was like – I'm sure, for example, Sean gets asked those questions on social media all the time. Mm-hmm. So now he had, I even say it in the spiel. Do you know what I mean? Before the, before the actual, um, what's it called? Uh, before the actual questions get asked, right, right. Uh, I'm like, these are the questions that Adam, for example, might get asked on social media. So now he'll have a place to be like. I've answered this. Please go watch
0: this. <laughs> I'm going to take that clip and please refer to this episode here of Tom Talks Rubbish where I actually talk about it and answer that question. Absolutely. Now, exactly. and that's a, exactly. that, that's a great format to have and it, and it allows people, it humanizes folks, right? Which is what we do. A lot of times when we this have these, the thing, yeah. we have these conversations and it's like, you know, you, you see these people online or you interface with these folks, you watch them on TV and it's like, no, this is a this is a place for you to come and listen to this episode, listen to this conversation and get to know them in a way that you may not have known them before. Learn something about them. You know, doesn't we, we are, aren't all like, I'm not as, I'm not on the, the level of like a, like a Cam Hawkins or a, or a Sean Ross Sapp, but like I'm here I'm still. I'm definitely not. Oh well, no, but, but that's not to discount anything that either of us do, but it's yeah, also yeah. like there's opportunities for us to let people learn who we are and grow our brands and grow what we do. And I think that's, that's really the point of this. So, um, I, I, again, you reached out to me on Twitter. I love the content. I really enjoyed having that conversation with you. What's one thing that you've learned overall with everything that you've done so far, is there any lesson that you've learned in in all of the conversations that you had and all the people you've had on? What's one thing you've learned on that?
1: So there's two, because there's also about getting the content as well. I used to hate the word no as a kid. I don't know if you feel this way, but I used to hate the word no as a kid and think, oh, my life's over. Somebody said no. But like, it's taught me that, say I send an email to XYZ, Y Z, they'll if they say no, it's normally for a reason. It's not for... Uh, it's not for because, as we say in the UK, your content's shit. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry if I can't swear on your show, by the way.
0: No, you could add, if you, if you haven't listened to the feed, there's plenty of cuss in here. So please feel free uh, to let fair it fly. Enough.
1: Yeah. Let it fair fly. Enough. Yeah. So, yeah, no's not such a bad word, but also it takes work to get into a place. Like, I think even I thought when I started off, of like, because I, I love this clip from have you watched denise salcedo's interview with chris van vliet well, tell me one more time what's the name have you watched uh you know denise salcedo she didn't yes. Interview with chris yes. Van yes yes i've recently. watched that. Mm-hmm. and there's a clip where he talks about stop comparing yourself to other creators and things like that and i i did that for the longest time i didn't start because i thought a bit not disparaging you but you and i have had this conversation of like who wants to listen to my,
0: do you know what I mean? Exactly. That's, that's literally how it feels a lot of the times. And it's like, I, I, we shared that together. We call it, and I call it the green room before we do our shows, but we shared that, those sentiments as well. It's like, there was a time where I'm looking at other folks and I'm going, Oh man, this guy got that interview or this person got that one. And I've been working on this one for the past six to eight months and nothing's coming through. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm still trying. And, but it's not like, I have to stop and think that like everybody is independently working on their own lane. Right. Yeah, And one of the things that, that friend of the show and and friend of yours as well, Cameron Hawkins taught me is like, there's, there's, there's always room for people at the table. Everybody eats. Mm. If one of us gets ahead, how can we help the next person? Right. There's a lot of guys like that. Duke Bennett says the same thing, right? Duke will say like, if there's room at the table for one person, there's room at the table for everybody. How can we collaborate collectively and advance this movement for all of us. So I think it's it's exactly. not necessarily that one of us is is a less than situation or a greater than situation. It's just that they have advanced themselves in different ways that allows all of us. If that makes sense, right? I mean, that, that's that's yeah, really totally, the, the thrust yeah. of it. Yeah,
1: it's like you forget. Uh, I'll use Chris Van Vliet as an example because you know he's a bucket list interview for me. Absolutely. Because um, you turned it on me when we did uh, when we did our conversation, you asked me my bucket list. Yeah, that that's like, true. Yep. <laughs> Oh, he did this, yep. and he put me on the spot. Okay. Sorry,
0: dude, yeah. I had to, yeah.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. But like, I, he he always says, look, I don't do a lot of interviews because I'm trying to put out my own content. And I think, fair enough, because I know how hard it is to get content. Like, yeah. I, I feel in a very lucky position because I've just sent it off to my editor, Jeffrey. Shout out to him if he watches this. He edits my show and makes it all look nice and puts – the genetic questions graphic in and the – because also, you know, I end my show on what's the content my guest wants to be remembered for? What's the content they do Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So he will put nice pictures in and just make the interview look nice. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So shout out to him because I've just sent off all of my stuff for the end of the year. We've got content till the end of the year, Amazing,
0: my man. That's amazing. That's incredible. And you're stacking it up. You're letting it fly. <laughs> And I think, because, again, right? yeah, go ahead. What would, yeah. What's the reason you have it all blocked out there?
1: Because there was a point last year, me, I've told this story on other shows before and she'll be okay with me telling it. My girlfriend was like, we haven't done it because we don't live together. But she was like, we haven't done a FaceTime call in months because I was so content driven. Do you right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, right, sorry. I've got this interview to do tonight. And then that really hit me. She was like, I was like, shit, we haven't because I, Had this moment of like, I think we got to, because we were doing two episodes a week last year, uh, and we got to 80 80 something, and it was in the realm of 100 was possible by the end of the year. And I became fixated, for lack of a better word. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I've been there. My precious, this
0: is the ring, this is what I want. (laughs) My precious, I love it.
1: You know, I know exactly, dude. I, fan, my I,
0: but it's exactly what it is. It's like you're, you're, you get hyper fixated. And I'm, I'm the same way. Like if I, if I'm f- like super focused on something, nothing else in the world is going to break my exactly. attention from that. And I got to get as much as I can done at that moment. And, mm. you know, I, if it doesn't matter if we have plans today for the kids or whatever it is, like, no, fuck it. I got to just, I got to exactly. do this right now. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And then there was because. You know, as I'm in the UK, I was recording my interviews at, say, one of the best things I ever did, my friend, was figure out time zones. I'm not going to (laughs) lie, I'm (laughs) still working on that with you. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what time is it over there? (laughs) Hey, can we do four of my
0: time? You're like, no, it's 3 a.m. I'm like, shit. (laughs) Yeah,
1: because I I was recording my interviews at like 9, 10 o'clock, and with having cerebral palsy, by the end of the day, I'm in a lot of pain. Do you know what I mean? I can imagine. And it's like, must do interview, but can't focus because in pain. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I I had that moment where it was like, Amy was like, no, like, take a break. Let's Mm -hmm. do this. And then uh, I also had this moment where I think I'd done something ridiculous, like 14 interviews in seven days, something along their lines. Wow. And I just had this moment where uh, after I did that, I did this on the Friday. And I was like, the Saturday morning, I was like, I can't move. Like, <laughs> cerebral palsy flare up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'd been sitting in my chair or sitting at my desk till like one in the morning trying to mm. try edit.
0: Oh, man, that's awful. I can't even imagine how much pain you must have been in at that point. But again, it's like, and definitely. It's like this this weird dynamic where you're like, I'm in an excruciating amount of pain, but I also need to get this done. And it's like, again, like, it's, it's, I, I found myself in some instances where I, I, I'm like, You know, even last night, you know, like we talked, we were talking yesterday. Like, I I was photographing a concert last night. I had to do a write up for the the concert. I was up until about three o'clock last night just getting the work done. And I woke up this morning and I was like, Jesus, like, I don't like like, nights like this. You know, I don't like just battering, like, getting all that stuff out. But then the output for me is like, (laughs) Now I know it's out there, right? Now it's done, exactly. And now I that have the, the work out thing. there. But then you get that high where you're like, "Oh, this is amazing! Like I love doing this. I want to do more." <laughs> like so, you're exactly. just like you're just hurting yourself, Alma. But no, I get that totally. It's a, it's a, it's a, exactly. it's a create. So, it's unique to creators, I think.
1: Definitely. So now. We try and do one episode a week. If something big came out, like you know, I was in the process of getting an interview with Eric Bischoff, yeah, and people and people like that. If a, this sounds disparaging to the other creators that I've interviewed, and it's not what I mean, right? But like, if a big one came out, like an Eric Bischoff or a no, even even then, I think I'd still backlog it because I think I'd rather have content ready to go than. I Another quote from Chris Van Vliet, and I sound like a fanboy. I do apologize. Listen,
0: I've met Chris Van Vliet. I'm a fanboy as well. I told him I was a fanboy when I met him. So you
1: have nothing to worry about. Yeah. (laughs) Which was like, essentially, it's, he said, you know the phrase quantity over quality? Yes. uh, Quality over quantity, should I say. He said consistency over quantity. So if I'm uploading at 6 p.m. my time every Friday, eventually the audience is going to be there because they're going to be like, ah. Tom's reasonably consistent. Like he puts out an episode every Friday. Yeah. So let's, let's, um, let's mark that down. I'd rather be like that than think, okay, the Eric's one's in the can, but let's, it's got to go out now. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's just how my brain works. And, and right too. You want to, you want to make sure that
0: you're staggering your content appropriately, but you're also making sure that you're giving people what they he- want to hear. Right. Cause you have a bunch hmm. of great interviews that are in the chamber, and then it's almost like you're building up to this great. And again, it, it's it's that it's that method of you're not putting you're not prioritizing anyone uh, over the other for the sake of clicks or or hits or whatever it is. You're doing it. You're doing it because. You are releasing your content in the way that it's supposed to be released. There's almost a linear exactly. fashion to it, right? And I think I've had that situation before where I've had to I had a like a real quick interview. I don't remember if it was Diamond Dallas Page or it was somebody else inside of that timeline. I and, think it
1: was Diamond, because I remember watching this. Yeah, oh,
0: thank you. I appreciate that. And it was like there was a there was a period where it was like, Oh crap, I gotta get this interview out because it's time stamped or like there's something in here that I did that, that
1: was my Kenny Macintosh one. Exactly. Yeah, so,
0: like- and it's like I have to do this. I have to put this out right now and get it done. Because and geez.
1: Because he spoke about something within the wrestling that happened yeah. that night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, at the time, I was thinking, thanks, Kenny. Like, that, <laughs> that's really helpful. Yeah, this is but breaking like, news,
0: but I got to get it out now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, but if you look at that interview, it's not very good editing wise and. It's a bit jumpy, like, because, you know, my internet connection isn't the best. And normally I'd have time to edit the mm-hmm. bit, bit, bit out, if you know what I mean. Right. So it's like, at the moment, at the moment, I would rather have content than think. I'd rather be consistent and no videos going up at 6 p.m. My, uh, in the UK on a Friday than Get this big interview and get a load of subscribers, but then have to take a month off because I haven't got the content. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely, and that's that's the right way to do that. That was one of Chris's things that he told me as well was was consistency over quantity. So just yeah. put it out, get as many people as you can in the chamber. Get as many fired off as you can, and then build on that. Right, and I've also—I'm not sure if you've noticed, but I've been going back into my archives, and I've been pulling content from my my video archives. kind of the way that Chris yeah. does, it's like oh, you know, in 2016, so and so, or 2018, blah blah blah, Set whatever. This, yeah, and it's like that allows me to keep that content I would fresh. Should like do that, but
1: you I just should don't have the time. You, do you know, know what I mean? Well, no,
0: absolutely. And I think I think one of the game changers for me on social media too, was the like using reels on Instagram has just like propelled me Ah, to, um, there's a guy I want to introduce you to. His name is muscle man. Malcolm. Uh, fantastic guy. Oh, you know, know muscle. muscle. Oh yeah. Amazing guy.
1: guy. And he's been on my channel and he's also been on my fight for Over book show. Oh, nice.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. He's a wonderful guy. uh, He's been nothing but kind to me. He's been very good. to me.
0: Amazing dude. Yeah. And I met him in Detroit at the SummerSlam media scrums and, uh, he was like, dude, he's like, you're doing it all wrong. He's like, here, let me show you. Let me give you these apps. And I'm telling you, like within 12 hours, my engagement levels went up. My views yeah. went up. The followers and subscribers. And it's like, it's like, wow, I didn't realize how important this yeah. was to my he content. He sent this to
1: me as well. And I'm like, we're getting there. That's the plan for 2024. For now, we're just happy being consistent with the content. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And that's the
0: goal. That's the key. I'm happy with just being consistent right now. And to, to your point earlier, I'm not competing with anybody else. My brand no, is my I'm brand.
1: I'm
0: I'm literally just competing with myself and how I can uh, m- uh make the next one better or make it more official and then right. getting to these goals and these touchstones that I have throughout what I want to do. And I think that's, that's where you and I are mission aligned. So, um, yeah, and again, definitely. I, I really appreciate you inviting me onto your show. Uh, and also just thinking that I'm notable enough to be, to be interviewed by somebody like, that's oh, just definitely. amazing. Like, like I, I love that.
1: I love, I love my, I love Mind of the mini. It's one of my podcasts. It's in my rotation. You know, this. I appreciate about this <laughs> camera, yeah. And I'm like, I, I do love that. your content. And I'm like, if, if, if he says yes, great. But again, if if he says no, no hard feelings. Do you know uh, what I mean?
0: Uh, dude, I do, and I would always. Anytime you want to have me on the show, any other thing you want me to do, I'm happy to come on and do that with you. But right now, Tom, I'm gonna resurrect a segment that I used to do on Foundation Radio, and I can't oh, think no. of a, I can't think of a better person to resurrect this with than you. It's my rapid okay. it's my rapid fire question. So I'm gonna ask you a bunch of wrestling related questions to wrap up this conversation, and I'm gonna let you plug away here. Um, these, I want you just the first thing that pops to your head and tell me your favorites, your least favorite. So Tom, Tom talks rubbish. Tom from Tom talks rubbish. Are you ready? Are you ready, sir? Okay. Let's do this. All right. Your favorite all time wrestling match.
1: Cody Rhodes, uh, Dustin Rhodes double enough in 2019. You didn't even have to think about that. Bravo. sir. Excellent. I I don't have to because (laughs) the the reason I love this match and it won't be too much of a monologue, but I used to do a show with Cassidy Haynes. I don't, oh, know if okay. yeah. out, yeah. I don't know if you ever checked out WrestleWatch, but we used to do a show called WrestleWatch where we'd sit and watch a podcast, we'd sit and watch a match every week and we'd basically do our commentary. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And we'd basically talk about it. Because Cass it offered some very unique perspectives because where Cass was at a lot of the events live and stuff, he could tell me some stuff and... Things like that. And the other reason I love that match is because Dustin Rhodes plugged that episode of WrestleWatch. Oh, and that's I amazing. Like, I was like, I'm sorry. What? Like, <laughs> wow, thank you very much. <laughs> Do you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, there's no better no better compliment than that. Oh my god, it's amazing. That's awesome. Uh your favorite
1: WrestleMania? Uh that changes on like a day today. I've got two. Can I have two? Absolutely. Yeah so 22 is a mania that i love because that was the first pay-per-view i ever actually sat up and watched okay so i love that show but from a grandiose mania perspective 31 is very underrated in my opinion it's a
0: sleeper WrestleMania, yeah. and It's I,
1: very super. I, I enjoy, you know, I, there are aspects
0: of the newer WrestleManias as well. I think post-pandemic Zoolo. that are. <laughs> I, was, I thought that was my dog for a second. Uh, there are aspects it's of It's mine. The... I don't apologize, no, pal. No, no, it's fine. It's like I always tell everybody before I start recording, and I'm leaving this all in too because it's great stuff, right? Um yeah. I tell everybody before I record, I'm like, my kids will be beaten at the door at some point, so if I have to, like, have them do run-ins yeah, or I'm something. I'm
1: surprised people, I'm surprised nobody in my family's done a run <laughs> yet.
0: I'm not going to lie. It's going to happen, Tom. It's going to happen point. Boy, trust no, trust me it has happened so,
1: like uh, my interview with pluggo my mom is absolutely i shouldn't tell the story she <laughs> might watch this she was desperate for the loo oh it no so ran in and like, i'm sorry, <laughs> mom, I'm so, sorry. Yeah.
0: that's hilarious my
1: interview, Pl- my interview with pluggo from between two bits
0: that's amazing the worst match of all time
1: uh so there's a few matches that are really bad just because they're really bad yeah hogan warrior Oof. from Halloween, you know where I'm going with oh, this, yeah. here. Cool. Halloween Havoc. Uh, what's one that I don't like? I, I am not someone that is like, I don't like this. If I don't like it, I fast forward. Right. That's where that's where me not being involved in like the review inside the media, I think that helps me because I can keep my fandom. But that's the one off the top of my head, my friend. What is the worst
0: gimmick of all time? oh uh beaver cleavage
1: yes thank
0: you thank you sir no one's ever said that and i thank you because that is the shit
1: that gimmick was terrible it makes no sense oh my
0: god it was awful
1: why would somebody who's for lack of a better word in love with their mom want to be a wrestler (laughs) i don't get that i don't get that it
0: was horrifically bad thank you i appreciate you saying that um your favorite wrestling angle
1: Ooh, so, can I have two again? Of course, yeah. So, recency biased, I know it's not recent, recent, but, like, CM Punk, uh, MJF from Mm. AEW, loved, loved, loved that angle. But as a overall angle, I think it goes back to the Batista, Rey Mysterio 09 angle, because that's what made me a fan.
0: Yeah, yeah. Biggest missed opportunity in professional wrestling?
1: (sighs) There's... Two, not doing Flair Hogan at Mania, I believe it's Mania 8 like the yeah. historians the historians are going to kill me uh, from a historian perspective and I know this was never on the table but like WWE not getting in on the AEW stuff and vice versa, them not working together just seems like I missed opportunity
0: Seth Rollins or Kenny Omega uh,
1: AEW is what I watch So I will say Kenny Omega, but massive respect for what Seth has done. And I do go back and watch. Like he is someone that if I know he's on a card, I might seek out his uh, match. By the way, that dream match needs to happen.
0: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I hope it does before the end of both of their careers, because I think that would be exactly again. I think I think if we're talking about missed opportunities, I think that will go to closer to the top That'd of that. would be car. another missed Absolutely. opportunity. Absolutely. And we, t- you touched on this a second ago, but I'm going to ask you the WWE AEW, AEW crossover potential. Do you think it ever happens?
1: As a fan, I hope so. as a someone in the media and some um, I'm not in the media, but you know what I mean? Yes, yeah, sure you are. As yeah, you someone, are, sir. As someone that uh, sees the media side, no. Like Vince, maybe, maybe when Vince is no longer with the company completely. I think there's a bigger chance of it happening when Triple H has sole control. Do you know what I mean? Because he's a bit more of a businessman rather than a petty person. But one thing I will say, because we're recording this before the Tuesday Night Wars again. Yes. If you don't view AEW as competition, why are you putting Taker on NXT?
0: Well, also too, and that's I, I mean we, we we can talk about this, we'll pull this apart a little bit here, is like, you know, Adam Copeland jumping ship to to AEW, right? Before that. I watched the the Adam Copeland and it's hard for me not to call him Edge because that's who he is, right? Yeah, but it's it. it's it's like it's trying to remind myself. But the Adam Copeland Christian Cage segment, uh, from The Ring, uh or from AEW from Dynamite, uh, yeah? From Dynamite yeah, and you the go fuck yourself was amazing. Yeah. Incredibly done. And I was like, Oh shit, I had no idea like it's it, I think for me, like, and it was like this with CM Punk, and it was like this almost with Chris Jericho too. It was like I'm so used to I these am, guys in the, um, yeah. in the WWE mold. How are they going to build them in storylines here? And I feel like I was really impressed, and I asked you your opinion on that too. I was really impressed with the way that they set that up between Adam and, and oh, Christian. And
1: I, I am one of those people that does hope that we do get a tag because there's so many great tag teams in AEW. Yeah. We do get a tag team run between Christian and X. I hope this isn't a one shot. He's here for a year. He's going to do his match with Christian. And then, or oh, I, I can't see it being like this because he's too big of a deal. Right. And I can't see it being he's here to double or nothing. He's going to do his match with Christian and then peace out. Right. Do you know what I mean? I don't
0: think that's going to be like that either. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's no. going to be the case here. But I think it's a two-part with this thing is like um, the fact that there's competition again. As someone who like lived through – the Monday Night Wars as they happen, competition is a great thing, right? And you can yeah. really see and someone
1: th- that didn't, it's good nice to have competition in my life. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely.
0: It's it's like it's this time again where it's like, oh my God, I remember a lot of these feelings, right? A lot of like when Lex yeah. Luger showed up on Nitro and Hogan's heel turn and you know what I mean? Like there were all these and that the Stone Cold era, there were all these different amazing things that were happening all at one time. Um, but I think that I would be shocked. At this point, time to find out that CM Punk does not return to WWE as a result. Oh, I'd, be,
1: I'd be very shocked because of the Edge stuff. Well, I was going to say, and as a result of that,
0: I think Hunter's on the phone. Like, what do you want? What can we do to bring you in? Here's our yeah. rec- Here's what we need you to do. Let's make it happen. That's the only way I think you at this talk point about they can top opportunities
1: that. Opportunities in wrestling. Yeah. That's one thing I will say. Not getting Punk and the Elite on the same page. Not yeah. That and that's there's the biggest. There's
0: a lot there's that goes. Reasons. Yeah, there's, there's a reasons. lot to go into that. And again, I don't. And I and it's it's controversial. I know a lot of people don't like to touch on it, but I don't think anybody is innocent in that in that no, conversation.
1: Neither do I. Everybody, I had this conversation on a podcast recently, and I was like, "No, I do understand nobody's innocent, but I do I do sort of think, come on, guys, let's." We could have made loads of money, let's put it that oh,
0: way. Oh, right, and also, too, like, at a, you know, and I've talked about this with Meanie, too, like, from a business perspective, you know, and, and I, I work in, I have a shoe job. I work in, in, in corporate America. Um, there are specific things that, like, are, like, unforgivable sins in the corporate world. One of those things being assaulting yeah. somebody, and it's like, you can't, yeah. like, there are so many different variables, and that's not to say anything about punk or the elite or make any kind of accusations. Yeah. I wasn't there, right? I don't know what happened, but at the same time, it's like, if that's what we're, if that's what the situation is, then like you got to do what you got to do, man. I don't know. Like, yeah, there's, there's,
1: I, I respect that, but as like the example I'll give you is someone that does work for corporate America. If something like that happened at your workplace, not even an assault, but if you was constantly arguing with one of your colleagues, your boss would have been like. Cut that shit out. We'll try to work together. Absolutely. Well, that's the thing. That's what I was going to say. Is like that's there was, what I'm saying. Yeah. There's there's
0: a there's a segment where, and I think again, that's that's where I say that no one is no one doesn't there, there's no one that doesn't have blood on their hands in this situation, right? Yeah. I think that's that was a huge missed opportunity and a missed moment where they could have said, okay, everybody cool off for two months, everybody leave each other the hell alone, and then we're gonna come back here and we're gonna hash this out, and you guys are gonna work together because that's what we do here, and we're gonna come at this as a yeah. united front. And we're going to make this work and we're all going to make a shit ton of money. And I think because exactly. I think because that didn't happen and because there wasn't that driving force there that was starting that, I think that that caused a lot uh, additional rifts that didn't have to happen in the first place. So exactly. I think awesome. I think that I think that's that's the biggest issue. All right. Three more questions I got for you here. WCW WCW and we're talking the pre Russo NWL height or ECW.
1: Oh, as someone that didn't grow up with both of them, that's a hard question, but just because I'm a bit of a wimp and don't really like blood in my wrestling, I am going to say WCW.
0: That's fair. New, uh, New World Order or D-Generation X?
1: Uh, as someone that lived through all the terrible DX reunions but actually enjoyed them, I have to say DX. I'm very sorry.
0: Uh, don't be sorry. That's your opinion. This is why we're asking these questions. And then the biggest missed opportunity in wrestling, in my opinion, happens. Okay sting versus the undertaker
1: who goes over if it's a mania and the streak's still alive undertaker if somehow it happened on at wcw starcade sting and i know that's a cop-out answer but yep no i think
0: i i've long maintained and i feel like sting should have been the one to break the streak but that's just me um, and if it wasn't going to be Sting, it should have been somebody else, but Brock Lesnar.
1: But that's a whole other podcast. But that's I do we can, I was I do say, not
0: agree with you on that one. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised. Who would you? Would you think Brock was the right choice?
1: No. I think either one of two things should have happened as his consolation prize for losing the WWE title after his epic reign. Punk should have broken it, or a heel Cena. That's the only way you could have turned Cena heel. Yes. Okay,
0: I can see how that would. I would. I would have preferred, and I know that there were there were conversations where it was like CM Punk should have beaten the streak, but they were never yeah. going to let Phil Brooks beat the streak, right? Because of the dynamics that were in, you know, yeah. his world at the time. But I could see a heel Cena doing it. That would have been the. I think that would have been the right choice.
1: Mania Thirty, heel Cena, because then you go into the new era. Babyface Daniel Bryan, obviously, if Daniel Bryan's healthy right. versus heel Cena, you would have made loads of money.
0: That is actually that's. a they should have called us to book this stuff, man. Tom, yeah, I, no. I, I want to thank you for your time today. I want to thank you for joining me on Foundation Radio, and I want to thank you to, thank you for inviting me onto your program to have an amazing conversation. Again, it, it comes out this Friday. Tell everybody where they can find it, uh, and then tell everybody where they can stay up to date with you on your social media.
1: So two very simple places. Uh, YouTube, Tom Talks Rubbish, where this fine gentleman's uh, podcast will go out this Friday, as Adam said. And then we have a whole list of premier Streaming Network ad-free shows people going out, including Dominic D'Angelo, Marcus D'Angelo, Paul Bromwell. And uh, we also have the founder of ad-free shows, Josh uh, – not ad-free shows, sorry uh, – of premier Streaming Network, Josh Chernoff, Sternoff, going out pretty soon as well. Awesome.
0: Yeah, the, uh, uh, Josh, the a.k.a. the uh, Multiverse Me because we look basically like the same person. So it was very easy to swap. us I this have in out of never meaning. seen
1: that, but <laughs> yes, now you say that. Yes.
0: <laughs> when you talk to him, yeah. if you talk to him again, you got to tell him about uh, the multiverse him. So 100%. Uh, he's, he's awesome, man. So Tom, thank you so much for your time today, sir. I really appreciate it. Again, I'm going to have the episode uh, link in the show notes here after it airs. So you can go back and take a look at it. We're going to amplify it on all the sites. Tom, thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate
1: it. Thanks for having me, my friend. <laughs>
0: Foundation Radio is hosted, recorded, and produced by Adam Barnard. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. The show was mixed and engineered by Carl Pinnell. Our intro and outro music was performed and produced by Dumb Ugly. Additional musical accompaniment provided by Enrichment. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, Jeff Quinn, and Dr. Ruth Almey. Follow us on Twitter at FND Radio Pod and find our entire archive at FoundationRadio.net. This has been a bunch Butts Carlton Media Production. Butts Carlton Proprietor.